Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 88. My guest on today's episode is the Naked Traveler. She also goes by Trinity Traveler, but we'll explain why in our conversation, why she has the moniker the Naked Traveler. She's the most widely read and followed travel blogger in all of Indonesia. She really was the first one to do it from Indonesia. She was blogging back before people were really blogging, and certainly before there was travel blogging back in 2005. And she's visited over 80-plus countries. She's been all over Indonesia as well. So she's got a wealth of stories, uh, many of which she writes about. She's published, I think she said, 14 books at this point. Um, but yeah, she's got you know stories for days. She's got advice, information, and uh, I was really, really glad that she allowed me to come out and to record with her today. It was really an honor to meet with her. She's kind of living the dream that, you know, I have and I think a lot of listeners have. So uh, listen to this one closely. I think she's got some good advice and certainly she's got some great stories. I always do these like book giveaways when I have an author on. I'll, I'll do that again. I'm not going to do any sort of competition, but if you're interested in one, uh, an ebook. I think she said only one of her books is in English. So if you're an Indonesian listener and you want one in Indonesian, uh, you have many more options. But either way, if you're someone from anywhere in the world and you're interested in one, shoot me an email. I won't be able to give one, obviously, to everyone that emails me, but we'll, 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 we'll see what we can do. So if you're interested in one, shoot me an email at thevoyagesoftimvetter at gmail.com. Also, if you are somebody who can support the podcast financially, you can do so on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash the voyages of Tim Vetter. That's a subscription-based service where you can give 50 cents, $1, $5, $500 a month, and that goes into keeping this content coming. The, it helps to cover the production costs and uh, keeps the episodes coming, the stories, the education, all that good stuff. You'll also get you know some some uh, some kickbacks from it, whether it's gear from the podcast, uh, postcards from abroad, a gift from abroad, and then you know potentially some exclusive content too for Patreon subscribers. If you are not able to support financially, I get it. Trust me, uh, there's much better causes to give to, but you can still support the podcast by leaving a five star rating and review on iTunes or on the podcast application that you use most often. Go to the show notes for this episode, and you will find links to the Naked Traveler social media accounts and a location where you can purchase those books. Awesome. Enjoy this one, folks. I sure did. Awesome. Well, first of all, Trinity, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I've been excited to, you know, to get to sit down and talk with you. Oh, uh, thank you, you. You come highly recommended. Oh, so no pressure. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you just when when I first reached out to you, you were on a, a tour of what looked like Bolivia, Chile, Peru. Uh, see, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Um, any uh, highlights or lasting impressions from those places? Um, actually, I w- I've been there in uh, 2013, so mm. five years ago. I was traveling around the world and mostly in Latin America. And this time I, I came to Peru uh, because I got sponsored uh, or scholarship from the government of Indonesia to do a writing residency. Mm. And then I'm based in, I was based in Lima, but then uh, I also need to do my research in Bolivia. The highlight is Bolivia because five years ago my passport was my passport or my visa was rejected. In Bolivia? You see. Why? Um, not only Bolivia, many things happen. Oh. I mean, if you if you have a third world country passport, <laughs> right, that's right. like the worst thing you can do, you can have as a, as a traveler. And then, yeah. That time I was already at the border of Peru and Bolivia in Puno. So it's just like, oh, it's just stone throw away. And then I couldn't get there. But... Wow. The salt, you know, Salar de Uyuni, the largest uh, salt flat in the world. So that's my bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, then, me too. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, uh, last month, yeah, I finally went there. Did you stay in one of like the like salt lodgings there? Did you stay actually on the salt flats? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, even the hotel, you know, made from from salt. Really? Yeah. Wow. The the like writing residency that you were doing mm-hmm. um, is this like research for the Indonesian government or um, so there's this thing writing residency is actually uh, it's only for Indonesian writers mm. that uh, before you need to apply and make made a proposal on what you're gonna research and uh, the result out of it I mean the book that you're gonna write about it so mm. I'm doing a research there oh very cool. Mm-hmm. It's funny because a lot of my friends uh, from Indonesia and some from mm-hmm. some other countries in Southeast Asia who are trying to get uh, visas to, to places like the States, uh, they're not able to, sort of what you were alluding to earlier, and sometimes they have to show that they have like a certain amount of money uh, set until aside. Now, until now. Yeah. yeah. But it's crazy to me, even for you, because you're so well-known and renowned as a traveler. Yes. Um, so, yeah, because people ask me like, uh, have you ever been denied your visa? So mm. like, oh yeah, a few times. Um, well, for most Indonesian, when they travel, they usually go to Europe or United States, yeah, uh, or uh, Korea or Japan for uh, in Asia. So I think they only, you know, most of them they have the experience of applying visa only on those, you mm. know, developing countries, developed countries. But when you, you know, already in South America, when you don't have an embassy, Indonesian embassy there, oh, that's right, a problem. Yeah. Like, wow, uh, I hadn't yeah. even thought of that. Yeah. And I guess so you and you're not the resident of the of the country that you you're applying to or yeah. from. Right, exactly. I guess their fear is that people will come over and stay. 
Exactly. Like I mean, uh, for example, okay, I I can understand when developed countries, you know, they ask so many, uh, you know, documents and all that to prove that you have your job here and you mm. you're gonna you have a sponsor here and that you're gonna come back. But you know, in the case of Bolivia, you know, <laughs> I just knew not I just knew, but five years ago I knew that. Indonesia actually falls into category three for mm. for countries together with Afghanistan, Syria, really? and, and uh, you know Sudan, South Sudan, and all that because of we're the largest Muslim population in the world, so they're might afraid of really know, terrorists or something. Yeah, and then not only that, I got even after I got the visa, I got so many questions in the immigration in Spanish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The funny thing about that too is like that's sort of, you know, in, in the post 9/11 world, mm -hmm. the United States' perception and sort of like collective idea about, you know, Islamic countries, mm -hmm. even though technically Indonesia is not They're an officially state-sponsored yeah. uh, Islamic country, um, but the idea is that or at least like the stereotypical thought or the fear mm -hmm. is that like, oh, that's an unsafe place. That's not going to be safe for me. And I've traveled to several Muslim countries at this point, mm -hmm. and it's always where it's like the people are the most like hospitable, friendly, welcoming people yeah. who like look after me and make sure that my trip is safe <laughs> yeah. and I'm safe. Um, <laughs> so that's actually like a pretty tragic misnomer, I think, that people yeah. have about Muslim countries. That's the irony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were talking a little bit before we started recording, like sort of about like uh, how I started traveling and why Indonesia. What like where did your travel bug come from? What sort of inspired you initially to want to travel? Travel blog? Uh, no, the, just the, just travel. just to travel the world. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I think because of my parents, hmm. both of them, and my big family, you know, the the family side of my mother, they all like travelers, like really really travel. Ah. So. I'm raised, uh, you know, to travel a lot. Mm. So every holiday, even you know, when you got, you know, when you get a good report in your school, usually in 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 Indonesian kids, oh, you get the bicycle or yeah. or something. They're like, oh, you got to travel to here, <laughs> like that. And then uh, plus, my my dad was uh, a police, so he oh. was stationed like so many places. Mm. So in my whole life, I always, you know, move around. So when I'm when I started getting my you know financial independence, you know I I couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, you're quite fortunate to you know sort of be born into that situation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I I I'm really aware of that. So when I was a kid, I always I always dream, you know, oh I should have a job, you know, from my travel because I love travel so much. Mm. And yeah. Now I'm living my dream. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have a, like a normal nine to five type of office job? Yeah. Yeah. Before. Really. Yeah. So after I graduated from from my uh, university, I I I work in a corporate as a marketing communication. Mm. So actually, uh, that was you know the time you know because you know after you graduate you have to work for someone or yeah. some some corporates. And then you get your experience and all that. So I did that, and then actually my the trigger is when I took my master degree. I got also scholarship from uh, Asian Development Bank in the Philippines. Wow. So from there, um, the um, the school actually is business school. So 
they they believe that if you want to be a good leader, you have to know about yourself to be able to lead, uh, you know, other people. And so the the you know the the class, you know, like peeling yourself and all that. Then I realized that I I don't like doing this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then from there also from my SWOT and all that, like yeah, I should be a, you know a travel writer, you know. Uh, because I already started a, a travel blog like two years before I I, I took my master. Oh, okay. Uh, and then published a book uh, when I left uh, to Philippines. I published a book, and from there, yeah. At that time, it, were there many people in Indonesia who were blogging or even writing no, about travel? No, I, I was the first wow. uh, travel blogger in Indonesia. So did you recognize at that time, like, hey, there's almost like an open place in the market here? Like, I could uh, be that person? No, actually, uh, blogging that time, it was 2005. Whoa. I started, yeah. That's real early. Uh, have you been born? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I graduated high school in 2004. <laughs> so uh, that time, uh, blogging, you know, just coming out, coming out in yeah. Indonesia, and then there are some, you know, they call it a blogger celebrity and all that. But I didn't, you know, I never really uh, read blogs at that time. So, but I, I already is uh, writing for articles for some magazines. Mm-hmm. So I already earned money since I was high school. Okay. And I also, uh, you know, a reporter or journalist in, since I was in elementary school. So really? I, writing is like in my, my daily life. Okay. And then f- from my writing, I already specialize in travel because I travel since I was a kid. Mm. And then a friend of mine just found out and read my some of my articles, and they said he said, "Oh, why don't you make a blog? Oh, what is that? Mm, you don't know? This is like uh, you know a hype here." Uh, and then he's the one who made my blog. Actually, I really? yeah, I'm like a technology challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so he made it, and then that's it. It's the first travel blog in Indonesia. It's like, amazing. Nobody ever done it before in here. How long did it take for that to catch on with people? Like, how, how soon into writing were you know you getting a lot of views or hits or followers? Uh, I think it it becomes like instant hits because mm. nobody knows about the uh, you know because uh, maybe because of my my positioning you know I'm a female solo traveler mm. from Indonesia and that time you know nobody you know ever imagined that you can be you can travel solo or as a female mm. yeah, back then. And then that time there was no social media, right? Yeah. So yeah, and then I got the uh, coverage from some uh, newspaper and uh, online news, and then yeah. And I get it. Uh, sorry to to cut yeah. you off. I get a lot of questions about solo travel, and like one of them is always, "Well, don't you get lonely?" Or like, "What are you doing? How do you meet people?" For you. <laughs> Um, do you have a preference for solo travel over traveling with a companion or in a group? Uh, actually, I don't have preference. Uh, as long as I travel, I'm, I'm fine. But mm. I usually avoid uh, travel with groups. Mm-hmm. If I travel, if I'm either solo traveler or, you know, with a friend that you really, really know. Yeah. Because it's better to, <laughs> to travel, you know, solo than to travel with wrong people. Right. <laughs> And for me, at least, uh, maybe it's similar for you. It's, it, the solo travel is more just out of necessity because uh, sort of the path I've taken recently, 
I don't know many other people who've taken that path, so they mm. don't, you know, they just can't leave their jobs for a certain amount of time or uh, yeah. sometimes they're afraid to go to the places I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then be, be, I become a solo traveler is because I don't have choice, you know. All yeah. my friends, you know, they're in the office. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then even if when I was still in the, uh, working for office, um, you know, they, we don't have the same uh, annual leave. Mm. And you, do you know that how many di- days of annual leave we have? 20? No, 12. 12? 12 days per year? That's also not, you cannot take like a full 12 days because there, right. maybe you can only have one week because there's like a Idul Fitri holiday that you should be taken out from your annual leave and all that. Right. Well, that's not much, is it? That's why I, you know, <laughs> quit my job and just travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious about the naked traveler. What, where's that name come from? Uh, so when I was about to make the the blog, so you have to you know uh, register your domain, right? mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm thinking to make a, a name that you know eye catching and ear catching. Yeah, and naked is actually a pun from Indonesian word nekat. Uh- Listen, Indonesians and puns. Like it's it's like the the soul of Indonesian humor is puns. Yes. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, uh nekat is uh, means reckless, mm. but in more positive way like bravery, courageous, mm. nekat. And then I know that Indonesian are fond of porn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when they when they heard the word naked, yeah, they're yeah. like, whoa, what is that? You know? <laughs> wow. And in your books, so you have like uh, 10 published books at this point? Uh, 14. 14, wow. Man, yeah. Good for you. These are like true to life tales of where you've been traveling or are they, you know, um, different pieces of stories put together? Is there fiction involved? Um, so I have the the best-selling books, which is the series of The Naked Traveler. Up to now, I have mm. a, uh, The Naked Traveler number seven mm. and number eight coming out next month. Um, so those are actually based on my blog, but different versions. So I usually uh, write some more. So it's actually a uh, compilation of my short stories around the world, to travel oh, around the world. Okay. Yeah. So it's all non-fiction. And other books, I have a comic that I wrote. Really? Yeah. And then anthology with other writers. And uh, yeah, but it depends on the theme. But cool. mostly, not mostly, but uh, all of them is about travel. Do you know if they're available on Amazon in the States? Uh, no. Okay. No, but you can find, you can buy my book on Google Play Books. Google Play, okay. See. I'll try to do a, a giveaway. I usually do that with um, with an author mm-hmm. when when I have them on here. Wow, that's it's really cool because I think there's a lot of people who want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially in 2018, mm-hmm. um, when I think of my parents' generation, uh, it was at least in the states, it was still about like you work your job, you have your family, see, you have see, your see. retirement, see. the traditional trajectory of life. Uh, a lot of those types of jobs are gone in America now. And I think globally as technology replaces jobs and just in the chaotic world we live in now, like I think people are really disillusioned with working a career that they might not like just to have money. And so everybody 
not everybody, but a lot of people are looking for a way out and looking for a way to mm -hmm. be a digital nomad or a traveler who can mm -hmm. make money. How do you think somebody can stand out? I mean, maybe yours is situational because you said like the first woman the, in Indonesia. Uh, I have the uh, advantage of being the first. Uh, but for people who wants to just start it, I think you have to be really, really have a niche mm. uh, market. Like, for example, travel is not just travel. Maybe uh, you can be... Uh, specialize in luxury travel, backpacking mm. travel, budget travel, or solo female traveler, or halal traveler, or yeah, yeah. or you know more more specific in that uh, category. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because like the argument I hear is, oh well, so many people are doing it, I, I I'll never break out, I'll never find my thing. But it is about sort of uh, like I've had a lot of success lately, being like the boule guy who's going around mm -hmm. and talking to people because mm -hmm. we were talking about Psycho G and, mm -hmm. and, and Yako and they have so much content online that's in Bahasa and is content directed towards Indonesians. Mm -hmm. But if I can take some of that content and direct it towards Americans and Europeans, there I've got a little niche that I'm sort of creating. Yeah. So I do think it is about sort of carving out something interesting even though so much other stuff yeah, is Yeah, I done. think you should, you know, you should, you know, be or someone that that is not even exist before. Right. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, for example, like for now, uh, blogging is not really in the now, but, you know, Instagram, you know, Instagram mm -hmm. celebrity before is Twitter. And in, in Instagram, it's really, really, um, um, what do you call that? Like so many people now doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, so they just quit the job and just, you know, taking pictures and go traveling. And the niche is there, you know, <laughs> especially when I see, you know, so many likes. Okay, you just, you know, wear your bikinis, like right. as, as minimal as possible. Or, you know, if you have a, a buff body, you know, and like <laughs> that. You know. Yeah, you can be anyone, but yeah, but be specific. And tell me if you'd agree with this. I mean, if what you were doing was you know, going to countries and sitting on a beach with a margarita for three weeks mm -hmm. and just enjoying yourself, which sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. But if, if you were to just do that, you wouldn't be Trinity the Naked Traveler. You wouldn't be somebody who's on talk shows in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a fair amount of work involved in it. It's not like yes. you leave your desk job and the dream is just to never work again. No, it's no. to work in a way that satisfies you without a real boss and fulfills you. Mm -hmm. is, is that your yeah, line of yeah, thinking yeah, too? Yeah. Because uh, I started my blog when I was still working in a company. Mm. And then that time, I still remember uh, in 2005, the internet was very bad in Indonesia and the only fast connection was in the office. That's why I used my pen name. Actually, Trinity is not my real name. Mm. And uh, don't ask me. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so I use Trinity because, you know, after the naked traveler, what should I, you know, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to be anonymous because I don't want my, my colleagues or my boss knew that I was the one uh, who, yeah. always, you know, asking for leave and then <laughs> arguing with the HR, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Trinity came out from the, from the movie Matrix. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then actually I, that's the one. So the character of Trinity is my alter ego. <laughs> mm. And the third, I want to tell people that I'm not Muslim mm -hmm. because, 
you know, the way I travel is not Muslim at all. I drink alcohol, Mm. I smoke Mm. weed sometimes Mm. and, you know, partying overall Mm. (laughs) everywhere. So I don't want to be judged by my religion, but I have to do it. (laughs) Right. No, I mean, I think like in the context of Indonesia, it's important for people to know. And and you're fully independent of any sort of day job or side job. Mm-hmm. Apart, oh man, you really are living the dream, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing that is funny, like I get a lot of questions that I'm sort of sort of redirecting towards you. Mm-hmm. But people say like, well, what if what if something goes wrong? What if you get what if you get hurt in a, in a foreign place and you don't know the language and this and that? And to me, it's like when things go wrong. Sometimes in the moment, they're awful. Mm-hmm. But once you're removed from that moment and you're a month down the line, weeks down the line, mm-hmm. sometimes those are the the best stories that you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I say that to you, does anything come to mind from your travels where you're like, you had like an oh shit moment, like this is crazy, that now that you're removed from it, you're like, oh man, that's, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, many, many things happen. And I think that's the curse of a travel writer. Mm. Because my travel was never, has never been smooth. It's mm. always, you know, either, you know, uh, the flight got delayed, right. even, you know, reroute or lost my baggage or, you know, um, many things happen. Even, you know, even uh, to booking hotel that doesn't exist. Yep. Or <laughs> it's always happened. So that's why maybe... That's the curse because from there I can write so many stuffs. Yeah, <laughs> but the, if you, if you ask me one thing, oh wow, that's so many. Um, um, uh, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe that's my favorite. Uh, you know, uh, story was about my passport. I even had mm. a. Uh, presentation the Pecha in Ubud uh, I think two years ago or last year about uh, the having the third world passport mm. <laughs> so I, I, I there's a lot of stories about the passport itself yeah being having Indonesian passport okay. like Bolivia is not the only one I, I usually uh, my favorite story is about Argentina oh, okay <laughs> Argentina okay I uh, there is a Argentinian embassy in Indonesia. So five years ago, I applied, but I got uh, denied. I don't know why. So um, to apply itself, you know, it takes like a lot of uh, stuff that you have to to present. Like you know, okay, bang, um, photocopy of this and that and this and that, and it has to be in A4 uh, size of paper, and you have to be ah, so many things yeah. denied. And then I already, that time I was in Chile, wanted to fly to, um, oh, sorry, I was in Brazil, wanted to fly to Chile. So I had a transit in Buenos Aires. Mm. But when I was about to check in in, in Brazil, <laughs> I got kicked out from the plane because I don't have a transit visa. <laughs> What's a transit visa? I, exactly. I was like, <laughs> hello. I just, you know. <laughs> I just go to your airport and then change flight, change gates, 
And that's it. I I wouldn't, you know, I won't go out and then. Oh, I see, I see. And then. Oh, I've never heard of that though. Yeah, and then they said, no, you have to have a free fees, uh, transit visa because you're you're you have Indonesian passport. So how do I get transit visa? Oh, you have to apply again in our uh, consulate general here. Like, wow. oh shit, and then. That's it. So did like did you, they put you in like a holding area for a while or something? Uh, uh, no, actually my my ticket just gone like that because I couldn't oh. board the flight just because I don't have a transit visa. That's crazy. So I I bought uh, another ticket the next week, huh. uh, and then uh, again transit in Buenos Aires because I don't have a I don't have a um, other option. And then that time is only probably only two hours transit, so maybe so I just you know push my luck. Yeah. And when I got there, actually there is a police you know holding me. <laughs> no way! <laughs> wow. So, so I I That's didn't go <laughs> I didn't go out from from to uh, to uh, after airport and all that. Yeah, I think that perfectly matches one of those oh shit moments. <laughs> it's, it's funny to me too because it's just like uh, I try to think of them. Like while I'm in them, as like, well, okay, how can this kind of be character building? Because mm-hmm. there's even times where like things are going wrong, and I'm just like, I'm cursing to myself. I'm like, this freaking country, like, why can't this go right? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, you're lucky. Why are you getting angry, man? Like, <laughs> like it, it's better than like being told that you owe a report to your boss in two hours or something like well, that, like yeah. a last minute work deadline. Well, shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something you wrote in, uh, I translated some of the book descriptions, but for the Naked Traveler one, uh, it roughly translates to, after traveling, perhaps you might love your country more. Mm. That's something that a lot of people ask me, like, well, now that you've been traveling to here and here and here, like, do you appreciate America more? Are there things that, while traveling, are there things in Indonesia that you're like, oh man, I miss that, or, or uh, I think Indonesia does that pretty well. Um, that's actually my quote, you know, the more I travel abroad, the more I love Indonesia. Mm. It's because first, Indonesia is undeniably beautiful mm. if you've been traveling uh, around. Uh, and that's because, maybe because uh, I love beach and uh, I'm also a scuba diver. Oh, cool. And free diver. So Indonesia is like the place to be. Yeah. Because we we have like more than seventeen thousand islands. Where's your favorite dive spot in Indonesia? Um, Raja Ampat. Ah, oh, that's what I hear. Yeah, oh. and Komodo Islands. Okay. Uh, National Park. And uh, yeah, Indonesia is like the most beautiful in the in mm. the world. Uh, and and that's also because we are in a coral triangle, you know, mm-hmm. where the oldest species are. And uh, second uh, is because you know the convenience of it. You know, like for example, in Indonesia or in Jakarta, when you're hungry at uh, 3 a.m. Mm. in the morning, there's always uh, in the corner a nasi goreng or yeah. you know, a, a cart with bapa uh, bapa, you know, uh, selling some food and all that. You know? yeah. And then there's always a way to to do everything. Mm. <laughs> you can ask you because you you know your neighbor, and then you. There's many things, you know. That's the the convenience of it. Like for example, in, in in Europe, they they or in Australia, the mall is closed at five, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? Like <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, and especially the food. I mean, if you know Indonesian food, like yeah, oh yeah, uh, others like become bland. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny because when, so now, like I was saying, I've been in Jakarta for almost two months. Um, but even on this trip, I was in Lombok um, and Bali. Recently, I was in Malang. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Sri Lanka before I came here, yeah, and I was see. like, man, like, I miss American snacks so much. I miss pretzels and peanut butter. And but you can find it here. You can, yeah. Um, and so that's why I was happy to be in Jakarta because like, ah. some of like the bigger uh, supermarkets will have that stuff. Yeah. But now after two months of, of having like you, you know like, like bubur ayam in the morning, like soto batawi, oh I'm God. like, yeah, I don't I don't need that stuff anymore, <laughs> man. <laughs> it changes your palate. But uh, yeah, but but still, uh, for me, I I I don't miss home too much when I travel. Mm -hmm. I hate missing home, so mm -hmm. I never. I never feel homesick mm. whenever I travel, even though I travel for one year. Whoa. But the only thing I miss is like the food, you yeah. know. Um, and then, but I can stand, you know, not having Indonesian food for one year. But then, uh, there, I told you, there's always a way. So usually I go to embassy, <laughs> embassy of Indonesia. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll have snacks and stuff? Uh, yeah, they always provide. <gasps> I, I remember in, in Chile five years ago, I was uh, in uh, Christmas Day in Santiago, and it was like, oh, I'm missing Indonesian food so much. So I tweet, you know, I just uh, wrote a tweet uh, a tw on my Twitter saying, you know, does anybody know uh, any Indonesian in working in uh, the Indonesian embassy? Because I miss food and I want to, you know, celebrate Christmas, you know, mm. with Indonesian food. And then somebody just, you know, like, oh yeah, I, I know. So just call this 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 lady. So I call and then yeah, and they, they have an open open house and we always Oh amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then and even they know they drop me with the you know, the embassy car in front of my hostel. So everybody's like really? Wow. <laughs> and with the with with the Ole Ole or, or souvenir, you know, a box of Indomie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, my embassy never done that to, to us. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but Indonesia, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're making me wonder, like, if I go to the U.S. embassy, like... <laughs> you know, nobody cares, right? <laughs> but in Indonesia, like, especially, in, you know, if, if the country, like, it's rarely Indonesian there, like in right. Peru, Bolivia, or, you know, they're really, really, you know... Wow, Indonesian, you know, let's have a, you know, dinner in my house. Oh, like that's that. so cool. Yeah, that's that's the Indonesian thing, you know. Yeah. The Indonesian way that I miss, but there's always a way. Yeah. I just go to embassy. So I asked you about uh, what it is about Indonesia that you love and miss. Mm. On the flip side, are there any countries in particular or regions or areas where you're like, man, I could return to this place over and over and over again because I just love it so much? Uh, outside of Indonesia or? Yeah, outside of Indonesia. Uh, Japan. Ah, what do you I love about Japan? The food. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, even in, in, a, in, a, in a convenience store like 7-Eleven, they have like the best food ever and mm. very cheap, like everything. Ah, there's never, you know, the food never fails in Japan, I mm. think. Yeah. Yeah, that's on my list. I'm hoping actually to get there on this trip. You know, it's quite different uh, in terms of budgeting between Japan and Indonesia. Yes. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for ways to find hostels and couch surfing and stuff like that. Uh -huh. do, do you do that at all? Do you try to, to minimize costs and have any little hacks and things like that? Um, I don't do couch surfing mm. um, because I prefer to pay a little bit more to, for my freedom. Yeah. And besides, That's I'm true. a solo female traveler. Right. I heard 
lot of uh, bad stories and I don't think it's fair because I don't want people, you know, stranger to stay in my house. Mm. <laughs> so I I stay in the hostel usually. And then um, to cut my budget, I think the the the, the biggest uh, spend is actually from food. Yeah, yeah so, same. So I like last time in Peru, I cook myself every day. Um, yeah, that's to cut the cost. One thing that I always tell people is that sort of like in my like air quotes real life, right? Mm-hmm. So like when when I'm working or when I'm not traveling. Like to not spend money on stupid stuff, like to not have an expensive car or like buy all these NAM brand stuff because all the money that you're saving that you can put away goes a really long way mm-hmm. in other countries, especially if you're using the American dollar. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same when I'm traveling. Like one thing I like to do actually is go to like H&M. Like H&M in Indonesia has shirts, T-shirts for $5 US mm-hmm. and... Like that's super cheap comparatively to yeah. you know clothing in the U.S. and then I don't mind if something happens to it or yeah actually like I love going to United States because of the the, the factory outlets yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay it's best shopping like whoa I can spend like days there and not yeah. going out but it's also cheap and then branded stuff um, you know and then I even uh, when shopping in S and M in Lima in Peru mm. because. You know, they have a sale for, you know, sweatshirt yeah, and all course. the warm uh, jacket and all that. Because in Indonesia, you don't get that cheap mm. because we don't have a, a winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it depends on the country. Mm. How do you, well, so you're you're quite the traveler, but how do you handle cold weather? Because a lot of my friends here are like, it'll dip down to... Uh, I don't know what it is, Celsius, maybe like 28. And they're like, oh, it's chilly. And I'm still wiping sweat away. And I'm like, oh, this is still hot, man. Um, uh, actually, I I hate winter. Mm. I, I'm <laughs> allergic to cold, yeah. literally. Huh. Yeah. So when it's uh, like below three degrees, I get itchy all over oh. my, my skin. Um, that's one. And uh, so I... I I know now what 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 to wear. You see, layered, you know, with the thermal and all that, hmm. um, and then put on a heater. Even even in in Lima, it's uh, the winter was 15, but I got hmm. very very cold, chill, like yeah. whoa. And then I just realized I I my tolerance of cold is getting uh, worse because I <laughs> yeah because I lost uh, 16 kilograms in one year. I whoa. just lost yeah. So. So you Good know, you. can you imagine you you lost fat for yeah. <laughs> for so many kilograms, oh, okay, yeah. and then you this way why fifteen? You know, <laughs> I felt so cold, and then and I asked my doctor by WhatsApp. That that's very Indonesian thing, you know. Oh, yeah. You can ask your doctor. Yeah, why why I'm so cold? Ah, yeah, of course. You you lost your fat. You lost your insulator. You know? <laughs> that's because, yeah. It's only fifteen. I usually you know five is okay and like all that. I was like. <laughs> I mean, as you can see, as I'm sweating here, like I cannot adjust to. That's the one thing about Jakarta, I can't adjust uh, to the heat and the humidity. It's crazy to me. Are like, you losing weight? Uh, I'm. I'm actually gaining weight in a good way. Like I've been eating a ton and actually working out here. Whereas, like again, like Sri Lanka, like beat me up so bad. Uh-huh. Like my body was like destroyed after Sri Lanka. <laughs> uh, so since I've been here, like. I'm like really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Um, you mentioned like, you know, taking precaution with uh, couch surfing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a shame that I even have to ask it, but as a solo woman traveler, like, are there other precautions that you take that you would advise other people to take as well? Um, I think the way you dress, mm. because I see, uh, like, in the hostel, you know, usually the boule girls, yeah. they're they're really, you know. Revealing yeah. the body, especially like the younger people, yeah. See, si. like people, yeah. Uh, claro. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean uh, that's very inviting, right? Mm-hmm. And then plus, you know, if you're white, uh, I'm not be, be uh, being a racist, but that's the truth. No, if you're real. white, if you're white, you you you're drawn to more attention, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a in a third world country, mm-hmm. like in Jakarta, you can be a superstar. But when I'm in the United States, like nobody knows me. Like, yeah, it's so many Asian there. But uh, yeah, maybe we all have like uh, in inferiority complex, you know. Mm-hmm. So when they think like, oh, the white, you know, they must have more money. So sometimes when I travel with with a friend who's bule, um, you know, they. They can be. I'm. I'm really. Sometimes I feel uh, uncomfortable because mm. they. You know. No, I understand. It, yeah. I think the biggest like area too is in bars. Uh, like, don't accept drinks from people. Always watch your drink mm-hmm. uh, because that's like from when I've heard horror stories from friends and from travelers and things like that. It's usually like, yeah, somebody spiked my drink and mm-hmm. you know I woke up the next morning. Luckily, my friends are there to like make sure I got home safely and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, are there any negatives or downfalls uh, to living this type of a lifestyle? To living what? A lifestyle of travel, like I. Oh, the downside. Yeah, I still. I still wonder sometimes, like so. So people will say to me, like, "Oh man, someday you're gonna want, you know, like a whole bunch of kids, or you're gonna want um, to have that security of a pension plan or something." And like right now, I'm like, "No, no, of course not." Um, but I do like think a little bit, like long term, like, "Hmm, are they right at all?" And like to me, that would be like one potential downside is if you, if you did want those things and you keep traveling and traveling and traveling, you might not have them. Um, do you see any potential downsides to? Um, well, in in perspective of Indonesian, of course, mm. they they always say, you know, if oh, you keep yeah. traveling, how come you can you can have a husband and a family or kids mm. and. Well, somehow they're 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 right because I'm still single mm. until now. But uh, I could say to them, you know, but why do you have <laughs> why 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 you have to be married mm. and have one husband while you can have so many husbands while you travel? Mm. <laughs> no, it's, honestly, it's fair. Like it's a new way of thinking, but. <laughs> That's one thing too. I think, like you know, it's somewhere around fifty to sixty. Maybe it's like fifty, closer mm-hmm. to fifty percent of marriages in the states right now end in divorce. Mm. And it's like, okay, um, but like, is that alternative so much better to to, to sort of yeah, like a life I mean, of freedom? Uh, marriage is not solving any problem. You mm. know, it's creating more problem. I think. Mm. But uh, I think the only downfall uh, for my lifestyle is, well. 
because I'm also a writer, mm. sometimes I have to deal with deadlines and then I don't have, sometimes I don't have connect, uh, internet connection and all that. So that's uh, a stressful situation. But I can manage so far. Mm. Um, others, well, I get sick so many times. You know, I get three times malaria, uh, one time malaria, three times typhoid, two what? times uh, dengue fever <laughs> because all of my travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Do you have a typhoid vaccine here or no? Um, never heard about that. But they say now they have. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the States, um, we have it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Not for dengue, it's, though. It's every two years. Oh, something like that. Yeah, you need a booster yeah, yeah, every year. Yeah. So wow. yeah, I get typhoid three times. I think, uh, uh, actually, last time I got hospitalized of my typhoid like three months ago before I oh. went to Peru. <laughs> Do you get uh, traveler's insurance, like health insurance? Yes. Yeah. Always. Same. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got that typhoid from from my trip in uh, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, you know, oh. because of the high, unhygienic uh, yeah. situation. And then yeah, malaria in Indonesia, dengue, both of them in Indonesia. <laughs> do, you, do you ever get like the regular sort of travels traveler stomach issues? Uh, not not really, but okay. I get. Uh, food poison yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like it's even even my Indonesian stomach, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I remember last uh, last food poisoning was again in Peru five years ago when uh, I had the, I had a shebiche, you know, the the raw food. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. With the it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> And I went, and the the irony is, I I went to one place, I think in Ika or something, where they invented the cebiche. So I was like, okay, I'm here, you know, <laughs> I have to try the cebiche, you know, fresh from the because it was on the beach, right? Yeah. On, the, on the coast, and then in a good restaurant, and I get the food poison. Oh <laughs> for one <week>. man, <laughs> oh, it's it's the worst. You like, I, I keep telling this one story over and over again, but I wanted so badly to go see. Apo Vang Odd, who's the tattoo artist up in the mountains. It's like a, anywhere between eight and 12 hour bus ride north of Manila. Ah. And she's 102 years old. Oh, I've right? heard about yeah. that. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm in the Philippines. This might sound morbid, but like, I don't know how much longer she'll be alive. Mm-hmm. I have to go. Mm-hmm. And I got just awful food poisoning the oh, day before. Shit. Yeah. In Manila. In Manila. Um, it might have lasted, so I ate balut in Cebu, uh-huh. and like it fucked me up. Like I was sick for so long after it. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, which is you know it's, <laughs> it wasn't. It's not that 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 food is bad, but the sanitary conditions of yeah. how I got it and ate it was probably bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I gotta go, and so I get on this you know ten hour overnight bus with no toilet, mm-hmm. just like clenching my guts, oh, like shit. oh god, oh god, don't shit yourself, man. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> But again, like it was awful, like being in that moment. But now looking back on it, it's like, all right, that's a, that's a pretty good story. But did you did you manage to meet to meet the? Tattoo? It, it was in, it was incredible because I took that bus. Then I was just dropped in the middle of nowhere, didn't know where to go. Found someone local who helped me. You take another bus. It had been pouring because that it was that first typhoon that came through in like July. Uh-huh. So there were landslides. Then you have to hike two miles. I've got my podcast equipment. So I've got a poncho around that, but I'm soaking, sliding through the mud. And like, I'll show you here. Like, yeah, I made it to her, got the tattoo and like slept on a floor. There were roaches crawling all over the place. Like it was nuts. But 
yeah, you mentioned weed. Like, there was weed growing all over the place yeah. up in the mountains. Like, to me, it's like there's no better travel than that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just insanely, like, uh, fulfilling for the soul, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and on that sort of, that's a nice little segue, I asked you about the downfalls. To me, I feel like whenever I travel, I take a piece of it and I hopefully grow and I try to have my perspective changed. Um, in what ways in all of your extensive travels mm-hmm. has it transformed you and made you a different person? Different person. Mm. Or maybe enhanced or tweaked the person that you already were. <laughs> maybe that's a better way of asking. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Really? Uh, become wiser, yes. Mm. <laughs> become, uh, maybe because, you know, as you grow old, you, you're not really naked or naked anymore. Mm. As, you know, when you're young, you just don't care to sleep anywhere. Uh, or, you know, you just, uh, you know, uh, hail a truck and then just go Yeah. Away. But now, you know, you have, uh, you, you have more, you know, conscious about everything. Okay, I have to, uh, the plan B, plan A, plan B, and here and that. And mm-hmm. I think, but that's, I think it's, it's positive. I mean, I become wiser. And then, um, um, as a character, no, I don't think so. Because um, I'm, I'm like this, yeah. I'm, I'm not a typical Indonesian woman yeah, that's ever true. known. So I was, I've, I've been like that since forever. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, I hope it's okay for me to say this as like an outsider to Indonesian mm-hmm. culture. Um, because I love Indonesia and like I've got great friends here. But one of the cultural things I think that can be improved upon a little bit is that uh, it's quite a gossipy culture, yes. uh, if that's fair to say. Like people do like to talk about other people and sometimes on social media. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get that being oh, sort of non-traditional? Tell me about it. Uh. <laughs> um, like for social media, because I followed and uh, I'm also a follower of, you know, since the first Facebook or Twitter and now Instagram, hmm. YouTube and all that. Um, so the, here's the thing for me. Uh, it, you know, because anything you do, there's always a hater. Yeah. So might as well just, you know, just be cool and then just don't worry about it. Um, because, yeah, I've been through that. And, then, you know, and sometimes I, I feel so, you know, the urge to, you know, to reply back, but uh, not my level. So yeah. just... Be cool and just be quiet. <laughs> when I try to think about that stuff with empathy, mm-hmm. I think like that person's not secure because like a secure, comfortable person doesn't need to break someone else down. Yeah, and they probably would love to have the life that you're living, <laughs> but and, don't. And I, I tell you what, you know, usually not usually. I think mostly or or, or all of them. I can say the one who really you know bad mouthing on the uh, social media actually. You're right. It's insecure. Hmm. So I remember uh, there is uh, one guy who you know really you know bad mouthing about me or everything. What I did, like for example, when I tweet about you know oh shit you know I my visa got denied. Wow, you know I think our government should be stronger. And then he commented like, hey, uh, you are Indonesian. You have to you know defend your country. Don't say you know like. If you don't like your country, just you know, uh, uh, go to other country and be mm. other sit- other country citizens, something like that. 
you know, something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And keep doing that and good that. And in one event, I actually met him in person because, <gasps> and then I knew that he he was there. So I just came to him and like, hi, I'm Trinity. And then ah, uh, I know you from from the social media. Uh, you know, just being nice and you yeah. know, really, really smile. And he was, he got scared, like, oh, shit, and didn't say anything. So actually, they only, you know, like fears on social media, yeah. but in real, they're just a shy cat. <laughs> That's an amazing story. It reminds me of something, and I think actually it's a really, really good lesson for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I, I like baseball. When I was quite young, I thought I'd be a baseball player, and then mm-hmm. I didn't quite grow past 5'8". What's so your position? I was second base ah. in the infield. And I used to love to read baseball books. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a player in America named Wade Boggs, and he was quite good. And I forget exactly where, but whenever his team would play in this one city, there would always be this one guy in the seats that were quite close to the field who would always yell stuff at him, like nasty stuff. Ah. Um, over and over and over again, and it got in his head, and he got frustrated and angry. And then one time in that city, he went, and he walked up to the guy, and he said, like, hey, I'm Wade Boggs, and gave the guy a signed baseball. Mm-hmm. And then he said after that, he would visit that city and see that guy, and he would never, he would never do it again. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. that's kind of like your story, yeah. And, and that's, that's, I can relate to that, because he, that, this guy actually just shut up after that. Yeah. You know? Because how can he say something yeah, now? Because yeah. sometimes when you know when you when somebody you know makes you really, really angry, you 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 tend to you know angry back or something. But actually, just be cool, and then mm-hmm. even you have to you know go to them and then you know say something nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> One place I've gone in this now five month span is Brunei, and a lot of people <laughs> have asked me sort of like, why? Um, I had a cab driver in Singapore who was like, how many days are you there? And I was like, eh, it was like five and a half, six. And he's like, well, that's, that's four and a half too many. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, Brunei sort of uh, shattered the stereotype or perception that I had before I went there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no experience with Sharia law. I've heard of, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental at all, but yeah. like I, I've heard of things that happen in Aceh that sort of to me, violate yeah. um, people's human rights. Human rights right. See, see. Um, I didn't see that at all in Brunei, and I was greeted only by friendly, nice people. And yeah, it's not a place where you're gonna have all these action and adventure moments, but mm. it still shattered a lot of my perceptions. Like a lot of things that aren't allowed to be done there under Sharia law happen, and no one just sort of talks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any places that you've been throughout the world that? Uh, you had a certain perception going to that place or you heard a lot about it in the media and from people and it mm. was kind of completely different and not quite what you were sold. Well, many. Um, mm. Probably one of them is Iran, the country. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went there, you know, especially the, the media coverage, you know, yeah. about Iran, like especially the Americans, you know, mm. they hate the Americans also. And then... and. Iran is, uh, uh, if you are familiar with Shiah and Sunni in Islam, yeah, of course. So they are they are not the most Indonesian um, having. So um, like, hey, don't go there. It's very dangerous because they have a different Islam. So right. 
and you have to wear a hijab, you know. Like, oh, fine. I also wear hijab in Aceh. Like, right. And when I got there, that's the most, I think the country is like very beautiful, you know, even uh, the, uh, especially the architecture and all that, the mosque and everything. And But the highlight is the people, you know. They are the friendliest people I've mm. ever met in my whole life. Wow. Yeah. Like, wow. They're like, come to my house. Let's have a lunch or dinner, you know. Um, uh, or when I was, uh, you know, take picture myself, like, let me help you to take pictures. Mm. Um, you know, it's really, really amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of like what we said sort of at the beginning of this is that, you know, a lot of countries that are heavily Islamic, like people are very, very welcoming. But in Brunei, that's a different story. Well, you, you know, it's funny. I, I've been to Brunei. Oh, okay. You, you, you did not have a good experience? I have a different story. Okay. So, <laughs> I went to Brunei just because they, I, I read that they have a, 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 some kind of like, like a theme park, like a Disneyland for mm -hmm. free. I love theme park, you know, okay. uh, uh, going by uh, taking roller coaster and all that. That's why I love America, <laughs> United States, because of that. Uh, the Magic Mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there. Oh, I want to, you know, I want to go with roller coaster for free. So I went there and then went to the, the, the park. But, you know, it's actually, it's funny because you're the only one who's <laughs> taking yeah. it and then nobody. So it's not fun anymore, <laughs> uh. even though it's free. Okay, that's the first one. And the second... <laughs> The second is actually I got harassed by really? by the guys, you know, like street harassment. Uh, you know when the cat calling and then when I really? when I when I walk, uh, they're you know, pivot, pivot, pivot. hey girls, wow. yeah. So and oh, so that's, that's messed up. Yeah. So when you when you so I believe even you know mm. uh, travel is individual. You know, yeah. people have a different uh, experience. Uh, and you have to divide, you know, men, women, mm. you know, and, and based on race. And that's, that's true. I mean. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about that, too, is like I so I am much more conscious now at like 32 and like pretty well traveled at this point mm -hmm. of sort of if you want to call it privilege or sort of like my position as like a straight white male uh, in the world. See. Um, and so. For that reason, I find it a bit difficult sometimes to, and Brunei is a perfect example, <laughs> I find it a bit difficult to sort of talk about it because I don't know if it's my place to do so. In Brunei, the people I met were so great, had such good hospitality, drove mm -hmm. me around. Mm -hmm. um, but I also met people who like told me a lot of the reality of what happens there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it like is really... Uh, it, it, it points to sort of the royal family like doing a lot of harm to the country and doing a lot of mm -hmm. things that, in my opinion, shouldn't be done. Mm. But I don't know, as like a non-Brunayan, like, white boule guy from America, like, if it's my place, because I haven't recorded yet about mm. Brunei, I've been trying to figure out how to do it. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it's my place to get on here and be like, hey, this, this, and this, and this is going on, and like, it should be changed. Uh. It, it, that's why I sort of like with some of the conversations I've had in Indonesia, like they've been amazing. Like I've had Ruby Khalifa who works for the Asian Muslim Action Network who's mm -hmm. trying to prevent radicalization in rural areas and like violence against mm -hmm. women. Um, but to me, like my role in, in that conversation is more of a facilitator and more of a platform for her mm -hmm. because I'm a little uneasy with like, and I'm not asking for like your answer or opinion on this, I'm just yeah. like, talking, but like, I'm not sure if it's really my place. Mm. Um, have you ever felt that at all? Like, 
in writing about a place that you're a foreigner to and maybe being critical of it? Oh, many. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about it. Like, for example, uh, if I write about Indonesia, hmm. I get the I get the the critic or the protest or a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe because, you know, they love their region or city too much hmm. and they don't want to face the reality. Yeah. And that's... But that's me. I mean, I don't really care. Yeah. Like, for example, I give you an example. I went to Aceh, and then I wrote about the, my... <laughs> I'm, I'm just crazy, you know. I, <laughs> I, I swam with my bikini. Yeah. The, oh, my God. Yeah. The, <laughs> see, even your reaction? Yeah. Uh, in, on the beach, you know. And while all the guys, all the local guys, they just, you know, sat down on the, on the beach, and then looking at me like that and taking pictures of me, mm. <laughs> something like that. Or, uh, I, and then the other day, I went to, to a bar in a hotel. There's only, you know, a bar, uh, alcohol in a five-star hotel. And then, uh, and, but when I look at the menu, there's no, you know, alcoholic thing. So like, oh, how, how can I, I want a beer? Like, okay. And they give you a beer in a mug. Mm. Like in a coffee mug. <laughs> okay, Just, there's always a way. But this this story about um, I actually uh, went to uh, a small restaurant that sells pork okay. in Banda Aceh. Wow. Yeah, and I wrote about the wow. I you know actually there is a pork yeah uh, uh, pork noodle in um, a very good one in Banda Aceh. After that, I got so many. Even even I got uh, 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 threatened, you know, really? by, by some guys from there. Like, no, we we are uh, a Muslim. We have a Sharia law. There's no way you can find a, a restaurant that sells pork. I'm like, I was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Does that scare you at all? Like when you get uh, threats and things like that? Um. Yeah, but you know, that's the truth. I yeah, mean, yeah. Why should I? Uh, right. Worry about or you know that's the truth. I mean, deal with it. Like, yeah, it's it's actually the the restaurant is actually on the Chinatown. There is a Chinatown in. Okay. So. It's and then okay. they're not halal. They're not because Muslim. Yeah. They've never been there. Right. You know. That's really interesting. I mean, yeah, that too is like. So I've encountered that going to some beaches here with friends, and again, like, I don't think it's my place, but it's like, in the states. Uh, you know, our brand of, of feminism is like, you can't tell me what I can wear or what I do with my body. Or, yeah, but yeah. then, and, and it's like, yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's a fundamental right that somebody can't really tell you what you can do with your body as long as you're not harming someone. Mm. But then it's like, am I, am I wrong then in telling someone else, like, <laughs> this part of your culture needs to be changed and you need to <laughs> let people do that? Like, it's, it's, it's something that I think travel exposes you to and Gets you thinking. I, actually, the, why I, I swim with my bikini in, on the beach is because I saw uh, bullet girls, you know, swimming ah. in bikini. I was like, why? Why they can? I cannot. Exactly, yeah. So I just, you know, just out of my experiment to stay there. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing, like, again, like, talk about privilege. Like, it is... Some people are like, oh, will you stand out as a white person? When we mentioned that earlier, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, in some situations and in some places you do, and it can be a negative yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of other ways, like, people kind of let you get away with a lot, like, yeah. more so than they will the, like, indigenous people that live in that place. Mm -hmm. I just saw this article the other day here, and I'm paraphrasing through somebody who translated it. Yeah. So this is, like, 
third person account, but mm-hmm. um, there was a Boule woman who, and if you're listening for the first time ever, folks, Boule yeah. is, is foreigner in Indonesia. So I just am <laughs> like realizing that now. Uh, but she, she claimed she went to an ATM, left, and then said to herself, ah. like, I didn't take the money out. Yeah. Did you hear about this? Yes, and yeah. then the, the two guys yeah. beaten up. So she then, she saw two guys taking out money and said, that's my money. Even though she hadn't, like, the CCTV showed she actually hadn't taken out money. Mm-hmm. And everyone believed her, just, I guess, because she was a foreign woman, and they beat up these two guys. And then it turned out that, like, no, they were just two guys taking out money. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can say, you know, uh, you have, you, you experience uh, racial discrimination in, you know, Being, because we Indonesian usually, you know, uh, if if Indonesian go there, would it be a racial discrimination because we're Asian or we're with hijab or anything? I'm mm. like, I'm, and I said, have you been to one of the pub or bar in in south of Jakarta, like in mm. Kemang? Right. You know, they're very racist mm. because many times I go there with my bule friends. You know, they the waitress, you know, don't even talk to me but talk to. Yep. To the bully. I was like, and then, <laughs> yeah. That's happened to my friends too, where like certain establishments would be like, we only serve tourists, we only serve <laughs> foreigners, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I was thinking, and I. And But uh, yeah. I, I should tell you that actually, I'm, gr- I'm uh, grateful being an Asian with, or with my face like this, because whenever I go, people actually don't notice, so mm. I can just. You know, <laughs> yeah. just gone like that. Oh. That's that's my uh, my uh, positive sides oh. because yeah, I told you uh, when I when when I'm tra- when I'm traveling with the with the bully guys or girls, they're got the drawn so much yeah. attention. So when you're Asian, you're like you're nobody. So oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's a sad statement though. <laughs> no, but but, no, it's just good. but I think it's good. Like for example. Uh, when when you go to the market and you want to bargain, well, Indonesian loves to bargain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, oh, you're Asian, you're so poor. Okay, I'll give you a discount, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, so well, 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 it's a, it's a bullet. Like, it's totally... Oh, you have so much money. That's totally correct. Yeah. In in cabs, tuk-tuks, markets... Si, 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 claro. Upcharged oh. on everything. Yeah. yeah, but if you're Asian... Uh-huh. Oh, it makes sense. So that's my... I learned that, you know, I, I'm grateful being being Asian, mm. and then my, that my face can be a very local to even to Bolivian, Peruvian, or or Indian in the in the south uh, in the east yeah. or anything. So I'm not, you know, drawing too much attention, so I can just be wherever, <laughs> whatever I want. <laughs> That's interesting. The country that started my my love affair with travel was Vietnam. Uh-huh. I had, it was now, uh, oh gosh, maybe almost eight years, uh, seven and a half years ago about, uh-huh. I had started a job at a school and I worked with a gentleman who's, he's been on here, he's awesome, this guy Kevin, mm-hmm. and he he had spent four months there and I had another friend who, I think through like a church had done like missionary work mm-hmm. or something there. And we would meet and get pho mm-hmm. <laughs> at this local place in Brooklyn and, and beers. And we would just sit around and they'd tell me their stories. And I'm like, oh, I just like, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it just worked out perfectly that it was like the great, it was a great starter nation for me. Because it, mm-hmm. it was cheap, it was easy, like it was friendly. For somebody who might be listening to this and is inspired by Trinity Traveler, 
and wants to go out into the world, like, do you have a re recommendation for a place or a region that is a good starter location for them? Them Americans? Uh, any, anybody who's like... Because it's, it's two mm, different species. Yeah, it's contextual. You are right. <laughs> mm. Because the newbie for Indonesian is so different than newbie mm. for Americans or Europeans. So maybe, although, so Indonesia is the second largest listenership for the, for the podcast, but the first is the States. So let's, um, am I letting in mosquitoes? Do you want me to close that? I'm sorry. No. Oh, okay. Um, it's from the most uh, nearby. Oh. Um, yeah, let's say since the, the largest amount of listenership is the States, mm. let's say for someone from the States, what's a good starter nation for them? Do you need visa to go to Vietnam? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually one of the more expensive ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think for Americans, um, Americans don't really travel, right? It, I, it, I, I, it's I an absurdly small amount of people yeah. that even own a passport. Well, uh, I read that, you know, only 30% of the Americans that have passport. Mm. And then the <laughs> this funny thing is, you know, the idea of traveling is going to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and not even Mexico. To, to a resort where you don't even leave and see Mexico. <laughs> so, so I think um, because, of, because of that, uh, oh, can I uh, say something about Americans, but this is very bad? <laughs> sure, and if you, if you regret it later, we'll pull it out. <laughs> if you regret it. No, because I hate traveling you know, with Americans when I'm, when I'm in other country. I, I, because maybe they they don't really a traveler, you know, and they want everything as having a standard as American, mm -hmm. and uh, well, and they talk. I don't know why they talk very loud in in English. <laughs> You're not offending me. I fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think to as a starter, yeah, okay. Uh, Going uh, traveling to uh, less developed countries, mm. or going to well, for if you want to be uh, in a safer side, go to Europe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and then maybe you will, you know, get your uh, eyes open wide, and then you know, write a book about uh, you know having affair with the Italian guys. <laughs> <laughs> And then finding love in India, and then like, or uh, meeting uh, a fortune teller in Indonesia. Are like these some of you? Are, they, are <laughs> these some of your stories? Is this? No, no. Okay. No, it's, it's actually it's it's too loud too for this. Oh no no it's okay. Uh, I mean half of the episodes in Jakarta have called a prayer in the background. Ah, see, so yeah. See, see. Yeah. Ah, yeah. No no. Okay. Yeah. If the safer side is Europe, and but if you want to, you know, if you really really adventurous. Um, I think you should go to Southeast Asia because mm. I think that's the the region has the uh, best value mm. worth every penny you spend because it's cheap and people uh, you know look look up on you you know you you've been taken you you'll be taken care of very good and then um, and the scenery is beautiful mm. the food is great. So, yeah, anywhere in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> I think that's the best region in the world. <sighs> Even for me, uh, as a writer, uh, as a, and also a, as a avid traveler, Southeast Asia is, you know, never 
run out of stories because mm. even in Indonesia, you know, you go two hours driving from here, they, they speak different language, right. they, they dress different uh, costume, a different house and all that. So the, the culture is so much different, you know, than yeah. even for me. That's, we were talking about this maybe before we recorded, but that's what I love about Indonesia is like, mm. you, could, you could come here for years and not see all of it. Like there, there's so much to see, ways of life, mm. dialects, regions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this yeah, place. Yeah, and if you spend one day in one island in Indonesia, you'll end up 43 years. Is that what it is? Because it's 17,000? See, 17,508. Wow. <laughs> um, you've been almost everywhere. I've seen like 70 plus countries. Uh, now 88. Jesus, that's so cool. Mm. Is there a place that you haven't been yet that you're longing to go to? Antarctica. Oh, man. Are you going to make that happen? I will. Someday. Oh, so cool. <laughs> Do you know uh, who Henry Rollins is? No. Oh, okay. He, he was like, the, he was the singer of a, very influential punk band in America, but now he he travels the world and he's like the only person I've heard talk about going to Antarctica and like oh, spending yeah? some time there. Yeah, ah. um, yeah, that seems wild. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. And then to go to Antarctica, you have to go to Argentina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, problem. right. That's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Oh wow, <laughs> I can't believe that you still have that problem. Like with like with like the 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 personality even that you are. Like you should just like hold up your book and be like, "This is me." <laughs> like you gotta let me in. I think I'm gonna write to the to the ambassador of Argentina. See, yeah. you know. I mean, but it only I helps wrote, them. I wrote about my experience in Argentina, about my visa and all that. And uh, I remember the title, you know, uh, the, 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 no, the last paragraph I wrote, you know, uh, don't cry for me, I can see that. It's, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I twisted like, uh, you know, it's your loss. Yeah. Really? Of course. Lost. You, you don't want me, okay, it's your loss. Right. Then you don't end up in the book, you don't yeah. get promoted. Yeah. <laughs> Are your books in English and in Baza or? Uh, I, uh, out of 14, one in English. Okay. Others in Bahasa. Cool. So maybe that'll be the one. Um, I'll, I'll do something in the intro so people will have heard that at this point, but mm -hmm. uh, I'll talk about a little giveaway that way. Mm -hmm. uh, we're at about an hour and 10 minutes. Any final message for listeners, travelers, people out there in the world? Um, just do it. Mm. <laughs> no, because there's always my quote that uh, I always uh, tell it to, uh, to my readers, you know, uh, worrying gets you nowhere. Mm. I say, because, you know, usually people say, oh, I worry too much because of this and that. And then, you know, if you keep worrying, you won't end up, you know, going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you're going to keep, I guess, the plan then is to, is to keep doing this. More, more places and more books. See. Si. Oh, yes. So cool. <laughs> awesome. So if people want to check you out or find a book, find the social media, where should they go? Okay. My blog is naked-traveler.com with one L. Okay. And then uh, my Instagram and my Twitter is Trinity Traveler, one L. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, okay, my Facebook also, Trinity Traveler. Okay. And folks, you know, as always, if you go to the show notes for this episode, I'll have those links so that they can just click mm -hmm. it and be directed straight and mm -hmm. get you some traffic too. Uh, Trinity, thank you so much for doing this. This is awesome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Appreciate you. Cheers. Okay, ciao. 
That is a wrap, folks. This has been episode 88 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Thank you to Trinity for coming on this episode. Thank you to all of you Voyagers for listening. Please check the show notes for this episode for my Patreon account and for all of the links to access Trinity's social media and to find the place to purchase her book. Thank you, folks. And as always, please take care of each other.